You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hello? Hello? Hey, who's interrupting my intro? Is this a joke? This is no joke, kid. This is the Earth Station DCU Podcast. No closing anybody. Sickening. We're not that kind of podcast, kid. We talk DC news, comics, movies, and television. You gotta do better than that. We review Supergirl, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and Arrow every week. That a fact. How much do I owe you? You don't owe us anything. The podcast is free. Oh, it's just I just heard this story in the cab, and it is all I can think about. <laughs> we are part of the ESO Network. This is amazing. Why, thank you. And join us every week for another edition of the Earth Station DCU. Now, can we get back to the show, please? Come with me. And you'll be in a world of your imagination. Take a Do that again? No, you can't. That's cool like nineties. Cool whip. whip. Will hey, Wheaton. Hey Peter, where'd you get that cool whip from? <laughs> Peter, what the hell? <laughs> Where's my money? Where's my money? Where's my money? Oh, oh. <laughs> hey Brian, where's? <laughs> How's your book coming? <laughs> you want to sew it up? <laughs> Stop. That's 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 a No, it's not. If people watch Family Guy, they get it. Oh, they, they got it like years ago. No, I know. Like, you like donuts? Have all the donuts in the world! Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> More. More, please. Sorry. All right, so we're going to talk about Ready Player One. Spoilers. Spoilers, please. Spoilers. We've both read the book. Monty, we finished it recently, which is amazing. Uh, you burned for me, that book. For me, it is to finish a book that I didn't have to color or look at the pictures. Or had a three-page centerfold out. I don't know. Oh, speaking of which, um, it's not going to be in a podcast anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> It's free show. What are donations that I got? Graphic novels? Yes. Ultimates? Oh, two? Two with the pullout, yes, and I'm like, holy shit, because the book is is crap, but that pullout is in perfect shape, so I'm gonna like cut it out. I I like that book a lot. I I know. But I love the whole Hawkeye thing. Like, buddy, we should believe you. When Thor is like, you're crazy, or it's just like, <laughs> the gods are against us. You're like, oh my god, what yeah. the fuck? But yeah, I, I love that. I moment. mean, it got really dark with Hank, you know, being the shit out of his wife, and Captain oh. America doing. I mean, it was like. Holy shit, this is interesting because I've never seen 
except for Watchmen, the heroes go after each other for shit like this. Yeah, and I can't believe, like, like you killed Hawkeye's family. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, my God. And then he, he kills Black Widow. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, my God, what is this? Fun. It's good. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm good fun. <laughs> yeah. Not not the uh, six two six universe. Six one six. We're used to being. Like, yeah. Although I reread the zombie Marvel zombie on, uh, on Google. Mar- yeah, and and I loved it again. I just loved the last moment. It's like there's w- dead days. There's there's one through like four or five, and then there's the the weird crossover with uh, Evil Dead, which yeah. are like, all right, that doesn't really fit, but uh, okay, sure, uh, why not on this universe plane, I guess. All right, so we'll do a countdown. We'll do the five and the four and the three, two, one. A one and a two <laughs> and a three. Three. How many licks does it take to get there? Do you remember that commercial? The world may never... Oh, is that the fucking Ready Player One? <laughs> so, welcome to the Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast. I am your host, The Monster. And with me... Finally, after a long hiatus caused by real life is me mr gene so glad to be back with you monster and in person not like the star trek discovery podcast which we did it by phone but it was still fine i'm glad to we have i guess this is the second podcast for this year oh that's so sad it's freaking april now right but in a couple of weeks we have to do the avengers infinity war podcast everyone dies (laughs) spoilers then they get back to life like in a comic book. Yes. Spoilers again. The Infinity Gauntlet, episode, uh, issue four. Yeah. Everyone dies. And just like that, you spoiled everything. So Wait, what's the point of watching? Did I not watching? say spoilers before? No. Because we haven't seen it yet, so who cares? All right. But we are talking about Ready Player One, in which we are going to talk about not only the book, but also the movie from the book. So, for me... As a librarian, you would think I would read a hell of a lot of books, but I don't. It's a lot of internet researching stuff, not porn. You do have two kids, not so, involved uh, in porn. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a good start. Gene. Well, late going. night porn research. What? No, I do it on my phone, so they can't see. <laughs> Keep going. Let's get to no, this part. No, no. <laughs> but I, I've been trying to, like every goddamn year, try to figure out how many books I'm going to read. I'll do one book a month. I can accomplish that. Please read Jasper Ford. No, exactly. How long or ago? Please read the Harry Potter series so that you will have a better understanding of that universe and be closer to your wife. Okay, let me clarify something here. I stopped with the movies... At the Order of the Phoenix. At the books, I stopped after the second book. I got sick of Harry Potter. Even though I love the idea of the wizarding world of Harry Potter, I cannot stand how they make Harry Potter the end and be all of every fucking thing. He's Neo. He's Luke Skywalker. If that's the case... Three books. But he's growing. It's seven goddamn books. It is way too long. And they are a great fantasy world of which your imagination. Whereas the Fantastic Beast movie, I adore. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I saw the previews. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. The second one. That. I got even more excited. 
I love the Fantastic Beast and where to find it. It is such a goddamn good fucking There's movie. no books for that. No, but oddly enough, when I was at my in-laws and the kids were watching Harry Potter again for the umpteen time, this is number two, the Prisoner of Azkaban. That's There's number a ref- three. I think that's number three. Oh, fu- Chamber of Secrets is number two. Chamber of Secrets. Social Stone, Chamber right. of Secrets. Right, Harry's... Prisoner of Azkaban, Goblet of Fire... Order of the Phoenix. I don't need you to I'm fucking sorry. know it all. The point here I'm a is fan. <laughs> Hermione Granger, please. Oh, wait, I have to be younger. <laughs> I can't say that out loud yet. Go ahead. Well, she's legal now, so. Well, yeah, and, and I was doing something weird when she turned 18, but that's. Yeah. You know, like like many other dorks. Natalie Portman, hooray! <laughs> Finally, all these thoughts I have are no longer demonic. And then the people. thought police can't get me now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I British people. I like British yeah. people. But there was a line. Intellectual British people. Um, when Harry went to uh, the Ron Weasley family, and the dad is part of I guess, Weasley. Yeah. The the bureau of yeah. paranormal whatever. Yes. It's a quick line, and I'm like, oh. That's a whole other universe that Fantastic Beast is now exploring. And that got me excited because of the sequel coming out. And I enjoy that immensely. So it doesn't have to be a book, but I like that world, at least what I saw on the screen. But uh, we can argue to the nth degree about all, all universes are not open. Any universe you choose to go to, you have to have an open mind and an imagination. I get Harry Potter may not be your style. And uh, you've watched... It's, again, it's more of a fantasy thing, which I'm not... I, I'm not a fantasy person either. I, uh, I'm i more of a Fallout person than I am a Skyrim person. I, I So you're more PC than Mac. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> I'm more of a dark... Hi, I'm Marvel. We're all going to die. I'm We're going to die world. Then everything is beautiful. And look, there are dragons flying through the sky. I'm more of the... Yeah, no, it's a dirty world. <laughs> and sometimes you have to do dirty things you're not proud of, but you have to live and survive and... Yeah, like The Road. You know, Oh, that. my God, don't bring up The Road. That's a horrible movie. And I like dark movies, but I could not get through the darkness. Book of Eli. What else we got? Book of oh, Eli was The amazing. Mist. These are all dark movies. This is fantastic. Amazingly Till the fantastic. end. Till the, to the like, end, I'm like, holy no. shit. All right, so moving on. When You Wish Upon a Star. Emma Watson. Emma Watson is who? No, they are. Emma, Emma Watson? I don't know. Sorry. I'm appeal. Wow. From the Avengers. Now? Or back then? Judy Dench now? No, uh, Helen Mirren now? Or uh, Helen Mirren, period. I will take her and her pleasure pillows at any time. Okay, well, I, I don't know. Linda Carter and I would... I don't know how that Oh, speaking of which, she got a star on the Walk of Fame. I know, recently I was very proud so of So that. that's about fucking time, don't you think? But it's weird, that whole system, you have to petition, you have to pay a certain amount of money. Yeah, but come on. She, deser- she deserves it. Just like Mark Hamill. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Why? Of course, he didn't have one before. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure Carrie did. Ready Player One, focus. No, it's, it's late. So, you've read this book how long ago? Oh, four years ago. And just recently with the audience. I love this book. It is one of my favorite books. I, it feeds the pop culture nerd inside of me. It is uh, It's just a good read. I mean, it's a little slow at points. I won't lie. It's not perfect. 
but it feeds that inner dork in me. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I'm tired and alone and think no one understands me, I read Ready Player One, or I, I, I listen to it on audiobooks. By? Audible? <laughs> no, Andrews Klein? Uh, who does it? Oh, Will Wheaton. Will, we- Will, Will Wheaton, Wheaton. <laughs> does the audio version uh, of it. He does a good job. He also does the audio version of Amada, Armada. Not, not, not that. Uh, which is not that great a uh, book, I don't think. But I heard they're making that into it. They're going to try. And the, the interesting thing is that it's the same uh, narrative tone. It's just as pop culture as Ready Player One. But so Ready like, Player One actually has a good story. Right, so it's like Amada is Last Starfighter, and they reference the Last Starfighter. Basically, the whole uh, there are video games that were out there back in the day. Your dad was crazy, and he died, and he disappeared. Uh, but uh, basically, he's still alive, and yet the video game testing is going on, and we have a secret moon base, and we're going to fly. Oh, it's like, this is the last Starfighter, and they say it's the last Starfighter, but it just it goes on too long. It's not very uh, engaging. It's the last, last Starfighter. Ernest Klein, just work on Ready Player 2. Just do that. <laughs> so, well, well, we'll get into kind of spoilers uh, about the book as well as the movie, and, and kind of what our thoughts are if they're going to be a sequel to this, which I think they can be. They definitely they care that they could be an option for a second. But considering the box office results over the weekend, this is now the second weekend that has been out. Not number one, although it does have the prestige of knocking Black Panther down a notch from, uh, yeah, it went down from number one to number two when Ready Player One came out. Briefly, yeah. <laughs> no other movie did that. No, but cumulatively, well, no. I mean, even uh, 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 what's that goddamn Oprah movie? I'm blanking out. Oh God, Wrinkle in Time. Wrinkle in Time couldn't do it. The power of Oprah could not take down Black Panther. So it took Ready Player One all those weeks finally to wear down Black Panther in that beat. But second week out, the Being uh, by the Quiet Place, the Quiet Place. The quiet place. The, with Emily Blunt and John and Straskinski, who is going to be the new Jack Ryan, which I'm looking forward to on Amazon. Oh, I'm sorry, Chris Pine. You didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, I tried. I really looked at that. And I'm like, okay. And like, wasn't Karen Knightley his love interest? I, I haven't watched it. I'm so embarrassed. I like Tom Clancy. Uh, I like I like series. Yeah, Jack Reacher. No, I don't like I don't like all series. I'm just saying. Keep no, trying Jack, with those Jack Reacher is someone else. I know it's true. I, I, yeah, yeah, but it's a, it's a series of books, right? So, but what I like about the the premise is that you have thirteen episodes, as opposed to a two hour movie. You try to do the whole let's do a prequel Jack Ryan with Ben Affleck, which I'm like, okay, great. Some of all fears was it one movie he got? In no, it was. It was after that. You had Harrison Ford, Ford yeah. for a couple of times. Well, Alec Baldwin, Harrison the Ford. Whole thing. Yeah. And then, uh, I guess, Ben Affleck, and then a long waiting period. And then, <laughs> and then Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Yeah. But it just seemed, you know, you try to kind of get the sense that this guy is just, um, what's the term? An analyzer? A strategic analyzer, I guess. Right, something to that effect. Basically, he does not do field work. He's in the office. But he is thrown into the mix because he's the guy that knows a lot of stuff. But at least what I'm getting from the series is that it's going to kind of focus on that, but it's going to be better than 
what the movies have done. Because I thought, all right, Harrison Ford, you can do your stuff, but you're still doing Harrison Ford. What network is it on? Oh, uh, Amazon. Okay. Amazon. Amazon's that's good. Amazon. Yeah. So I can't complain about that. So we're getting off track, but that's what we do. We get off track. All right. So going back to um, the movie itself, I saw this early today. So it's now twice that I've seen, seen it this. twice. Yeah. But not like Last Jedi twice. Not like, I cannot believe my eyes. Was that really what I thought it was? And you go back to Black <laughs> Jedi, Last Jedi and you're like, yeah, I really didn't like that. Yeah. Why did you go back? The main goal was I was really distracted with all the pop culture references, icons that kept popping up every five seconds. Oh, there's Iron Giant. Oh, there's so and so. Sunoco, Battlestar Galactica. There's the Batman. All these Beale, things. The classic. And actually, this time I heard when they were doing the race and the Batmobile was about to fall off the edge, mm-hmm. it was hitting the brake. I could almost hear da na 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 and then I stopped as it was breaking. And I thought that was kind of cool. So those are the little moments that I've missed that I loved, but not in the movie whatsoever. Well, I, I think, I mean, I've seen it once uh, and I, I've watched many YouTube uh, Easter egg views on that. Yeah, I mean, everything, it's all over that movie. Even even the Oswald freaking station wagon is in there from uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the, 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 the Cameron's car is in there. Mm. Everything is there. It's all chock full of things and it's just food for me. It's food and acknowledgement for your cultural awareness as a person on this earth in the 20th century into the 21st century, I think, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's a niche movie, though. It's very much so. And I and we've talked about this, is that my wife and I and you pretty much get about 90, 95% of this whole movie. My daughter, I would say about 75 to 80. My son, maybe 50 to 60. So depending on your generation, like in the book itself, it's a lot more specific to the 80s and there's some on the 70s and a little bit on the 90s. But, you know, you would see like Overwatch that's in the damn closing uh, grand finale that is not in the book. But you would have to kind of make sense that that universe that was built from a guy who was from, who lived in the 80s that it has evolved and then progressed so that other things became as popular. But this challenge was more specific to a, a specific period. I, I, I totally agree with that, but I think my idea is this. If you have a, a wonderful book, right? That's, that's the genesis of the whole idea, and that's the way it's mm-hmm. supposed to work. A book, now the best, now, now made by Steven Spielberg in a movie, right? But the idea behind the movie should be go and read the book. I, I didn't get that from this movie. Mm-hmm. The idea like, well, I want to know more. Tell me more. You know, would you buy that for a dollar? I didn't quite get that. Right. But when you do a good movie, it should reflect back of the book. I don't think the movie does that. But I think the book is, it's, it's, it's more pop culture. Yeah. The book, we have no issues with licensing. With licensing. All the stuff that's on there. And what a perfect example is the Rush 2112 album. My daughter, before we watched the movie, she knew about this because of the movie that's coming up. And she's playing this. I'm like, what the hell is this? Because I've never heard of any Rush albums. But she picked this one specifically. 2120. 2112. 
<clears throat> because she's read the book before. Yeah. So, and there's a big section about the lyrics and how this all fits. And then like, okay. So for her, it got her to kind of listen to something that she's never going to I'm glad to be hear aware. that. So that was kind of cool. So I went back, like, other than the poster you see in Holiday's room, that's it. So there are things that you just are limited to because of licensing that you just cannot afford. Licensing, though, I don't think in this movie is, is the problem. This movie is chock full of things. Again, it comes out, it's by Warner Brothers. I think you have to compensate because you couldn't get everything. And, and that's fine. Yeah. The, the idea is that this is bait. It's bait. Mm. It should be bait. This is, I mean, this is like a movie, in my view, uh, very much like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's very much like uh, Wreck-It Ralph. And like, this is a pop culture movie that should be enjoyed and rewatched. Yeah, but I would say it's even more niche. Yeah. Than Wreck It Ralph. But if you watch this movie and mm-hmm. you're even, you live from 1960, the 1960s, I'm guessing, Late, to, ni- yeah. to today, you can go back to this movie. And even if you have just a small knowledge of culture, not pop culture, yeah. but you go to the movie theater at least, I don't know, three to 12 times a year, you're going to see these movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, if you're born during this time frame, Pretty sure you've seen Back to the Future, right. or any one of these things. Any of those things can hook you in, right? Or even fucking Iron Giant, you know, or referencing stuff that has nothing to do with <coughs> today's technology. You know, at one point, you know, I remember in the book that one of the the Ultraman robot had an eight track. Yeah. Deck. Yeah. Installed. And I'm like, let's push that in there. What is that? And no, the rest gonna, song, well, isn't it? I, I, it might have been. I, I don't remember. But the fact that he had an eight track player in an Ultraman robot in the book, which is kind of cool, it was just a, a weird combination of something that is a little something old, a little something new. Right. And again, it's enjoyable to for us to kind of read into this. And I think I like the book a little bit more just for those little pop culture references. Narration-wise, I can see why the movie works a lot better because, like, one example is that uh, uh, Parsonal moves into uh, Oklahoma City. Not Oklahoma City. Cincinnati. No. Where does the movie take place, Monty? Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Sorry. But he starts off living in Oklahoma City. The Stacks. Right, but in Oklahoma. Yes, and then he right. moves. He does. Right, but he, they just say... haptic suit. He just goes and he gets an apartment where many gunters or whatever live, and it's completely anonymous. Right, raise out the windows, and it's and a very mundane existence. And you're like, one of the cool. Wow, things, this is so slow. Why am I reading about the suffering? But there's one cool thing that I'm like, oh, this is what Amazon was trying to do with that indoor deliveries. You can have your object. your airlock. <laughs> so one of the things is like, yeah, it will scan your package, double check and triple check and make sure it's correct. Make sure you ordered that, and then put it inside the airlock, and then you close it, and then you'll get it, and then boom, Amazon trying to do that, they'll unlock the door for you. Amazon's drones didn't even fly right. Well, that's a whole other issue, but that was kind of cool as well. As you can order the pizza the exact same way, and there is one quick shot 
in the very beginning when he uh, parcels coming down the stacks. The pizza, the, the drone, the, and the pizza's right there. Was that? Was that? Do you think that's a Back to the Future two reference or no? No, because if it was Back to the Future, it would have been the, the rehydratable pizza, right? Which it would have been done in an instant and didn't have to order. But again, because we saw all these different things growing up, and my worry was that because. VR is nothing that I felt at this time still. It's coming, though. I know. I don't feel like it's like a thing that I'm like, I can't wait for VR. Because I've had headsets, and you would get nauseous because of the limitations with the device in which you think you are looking at something at a distance, and your eyes know it's not because it's up close. I, I don't know that technology, technology works for me. I mean, we've had people with the freaking, the Wii's throwing their remotes at their TVs. Well, they're, they're you know, and when you're, when, you're, when you're wearing a VR system, I, I don't know, I, I don't mind the technology, but if you're walking around and doing things, you're going to walk into walls, people. Right, in front of which trains, I, the omnidirectional treadmill does exist, so I'm kind of happy about that. Which is cool, that. I like that. Yeah, so I'm kind of happy about that. But... I, I don't see, other than like the HoloLens, how this is going to be a thing that I'm going to be wanting to put on. So, but, you know, I, I like the idea of being inside of a virtual reality world. world that you can do anything with anyone or be anything. It was just, I liked that idea. I think the interesting thing is like, pick your own avatar. You're not going to look like yourself. You're going to pick an iconic avatar from some pop culture thing that you understand and love. Right. Here's a strange question for you. Think about this towards the end of the show. What would your avatar be? Uh, Tron-ish. Tron-ish. Something Tron. Wait, wait. Uh, 1983 Tron-ish or Tron Legacy uh, Tron-ish? I have a, a fondness for both. I, I can't say one or the other. But color scheme... Either red or blue. Although oh, I do like the orange. No, but you want to be blue though, and you be but the blue user. Yeah. You should have been able to do that. You should have been derezzed. You want to be the man trapped in another world out of yeah. time. But that's my avatar. What's yours? I don't know. End of the show. Keep going. Freakazoid. Freakazoid. <laughs> <laughs> and my sidekick, Foamy. No, I, I think I'd be Plucky Duck from <laughs> Tiny Toons. No, no, I know what yours would be. Psyduck? No, Darkwing Duck. Oh, my gosh. I can see it. <laughs> That's your thing. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the empty roll of toilet paper that is there when you have guests over. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know. Okay, I so. Like Wildcat. Wildcat from uh, Tailspin. Humble, strangely, Oh, DuckTales. No, Sorry, not Tailspin. I know. I know, but the woohoo is for... Woohoo, Tailspin, oeo, Tailspin. No, no, it's from DuckTales. Huh? DuckTales. Woohoo. Right, DuckTales, but not not the woohoo on Tailspin. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I got it wrong. All right, so... The other things we were talking about would be the structure of the book. This is from the point of view of Parsonal all the way through. It's his voice that he's narrating everything that's going on. Do you prefer this or the traditional third person, as in 
Parsonal was thinking this, and he said that, as opposed to, I said this, and I said that. I, I think uh, narratively, but we're talking about books and movies. Yeah. But for me, uh, narratively, uh, the the one first person is the way I prefer it. Okay. I will always prefer first person because then you know what they're thinking. You can you can hear things rather than you know so and so thought and believed this and saw these things and behind the scenes this was going on but he didn't know. Put me in the character. So when you say that, one of the things that kind of I liked at the beginning that there was some narration, mm-hmm. but then it stops. I wouldn't have minded if that narration kind of continued, like in the book, on how he thought. Or, but you can get his thoughts if you're in third person. No, I know, but if you we were, see it, it's right? Like, but if we're doing this in the book, I mean, into the movies, he did start off with that narration, and I thought that was kind of cool, and I liked it. But the then voiceover. Ah, yes. Right, kind of like the Blade Runner thing. How you know you had that issue about. Harrison Ford didn't want to fucking do it in the first place. The studio said, no one's going to understand what the hell's going on. So and then he... Ridley Scott will fix this and you'll give $69.99 <laughs> every four years for different versions and different content. Now it comes with a Matchbox car. <laughs> Just... so, now yeah. it comes in a suitcase. Now it comes with some cheap origami that poor Monty's doing. because he's... That, And that no one still wants. Well, maybe Asian Monty. Maybe not you, Monty, but Asian Monty. Jumanji. Jumanji. Ah. Jumanji. Jew. Oh, no, wait. No, we Monty. So, um, so I think it might have been interesting if they continued doing that, just because I think when I read the book, I understand a little bit more of what was going on and kind of cluing us in as to what was going on in his mindset, that he knew all this information. But because that was kind of consolidated, we didn't need as much exposition, since like you had the hall of records, whatever, for Hallidale, and that was all condensed. So you didn't really need to have him explain how Family Ties was his famous episode and, and go into that great detail. Well, I would, I would say this. I would like to say this to our listeners, all three of you. Uh, thanks, Mom. Uh, no, uh... Basically, if you like Ready Player One, uh, and I know that I don't think the movie does quite a good job with it, read the book, pick it up. I, I really think that the book is it's better than the movie. Narrative things swing around, but the I think the book is a more immersive, enriching experience. Personally, for me, would you say do it first and then the movie, or the movie then the book? However it hooks you, hmm. however it hooks you. I mean, I, I, I love the book. I, I, and it's weird. I don't... I feel weird saying that. You know? But it is a book for... I Why? Think, it's because how you loved it? How I what? How did you love it? Like the way a man loves a woman? <laughs> well, you know, Monty, when a man loves a woman, they... You know, I, I don't know the... When you bend over the pages... Oh, dear God. <laughs> uh, no, it, it just... It, it, it hits something in me. You know, if no, I get it. If you're a dork, if you're a nerd, if you've ever misunderstood, if you want to believe in a quest and believe that you're special, you want to believe that you're Neo mm. or what have you, this book gets you. And even though it's, it's not narratively perfect, it's a lot of fun. There are some dry parts, but it just keeps feeding you pop culture. If you're ever starving for pop culture and Dragon Con's like six months away, pick up the book. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think that we're, we're kind of preaching to the choir because if you are basically listening to this, 
It's pretty much you are a dork and a nerd and a geek. That... I would be curious to any of you out there, please post us. I just one one question, please, if I may, to you, you, dear kind audience people. How many of you have read the book? I, I would like to know. And if you read the book before you saw the movie, as opposed to I saw the movie, I'm reading the book. I, I'd be curious to know that. So. Right. And how much of it did you get? Because there were like a lot of referencing in the book that, holy crap, that was interesting. I did not even know that. With my and your vast knowledge, I learned something new. You know, that kind of moment. Wait, you mean there's a two a two meter gap that we're not aware of that's going to kill us? That if someone shoots a missile down? No, I'm sorry. Stardust? Really? I what? Used, I used to blow up wall brands no bigger than two meters. That's easy. I can do that. <laughs> Well, you know, Luke, you got some real fucking issues killing animals. I'm gonna die here, you know. I'm just saying. All right, that's all out of context. And then that's here's the other thing. We throw these lines from movies, from pop culture shit. There's only seven of them that we're quoting. But ever. we're always doing this, and we laugh our ass off because we get it, and it's funny as hell. Share the experience, but share it separately. But coming together in right. a, it's a well of knowledge that's just random. Right. It's, so it, it's like a way of getting into that world in like less than five seconds. Oh, I get it. You get it too. And without having to spend a whole to our uh, talking session, you get each other. You know, if you like Star Trek, which one is your favorite series? And then you kind of know which is better. And then that one quote that you remember that someone could say the next quote to, mm -hmm. instant bonding. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, it, it's rare when I find people at work, but when you do find someone that laughs at shit that you just throw out there for that one moment, I'm like, holy crap, I'm not alone in this world. And I made her pee herself. Yay! <laughs> it's a double win. <laughs> Wait, I'm not really into that. I, I, so, you know, it, it, I'm fortunate that, you know, I've known you for going on 25 years. So what's my anniversary gift? What do I get this year? You get the finger. Oh, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> this year I'm going in dry. Oh, what? God. No. But, yeah, it's been 25 years because it was 1993, July, when, at least when I started with Borders. So you came on somewhere within that year before it was over. Yes. Yeah. So it's been about 25 years. They gave us cakes. One eighty-five. We realized cakes for our birthdays back Every then. month. No. Every month. You, no, no. Every, every, every month. Got their own everyone cake. got their own birthday cake. The medical. Themed to their own yeah. interests. And I'm like, wow, really? Why is uh, the borders in business anymore? Those were magical times. <laughs> it was the best of times. It was the worst the of times. times. <laughs> oh, thank you, Mr. Spock. These glasses. Oh, they... So... So that's the one thing that I think was the big appeal reading this book is that I get that reference. I'm Captain America, but I know these references and I get them. <laughs> you know that's going to be different in different countries. Right. We're going to just tailor your list to that. <laughs> I must try croissants. <laughs> Bread. <laughs> Baklava. What? <laughs> Sushi. Macaroni and cheese. Whatever. Oh, okay. But it's that kind of nerdiness that we uh, amass all this knowledge. And one of the things that I found kind of interesting, I was listening to NPR doing the review of this movie, 
And someone made some kind of weird commentary that it's just sad that we have all this knowledge to do what? Oh, really? Yeah. So you... other than Ernest Klein making this book happen for us, other than us saying Gene and I are making a podcast about all the stuff that we know and love, what can we do with this knowledge? Exactly. Well, no, no, we can do things with this knowledge. Yeah, but like we said, I can't resuscitate someone who is like, you know, choking on a burger with the up, down, 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 up movement on a joystick. These, here's what pop culture memories are for me, Monty. <laughs> and and that's, that's why I like this movie so much and why I like the book so much. These are memories, precious memories of entertainment and joy, you know, you watch the DeLorean, say, ripping through, and all those, oh my gosh, all those wonderful cars and those characters meshed together, you know, during the, the first challenge of this movie. Near the opening sequence, you have Ryu, you have Angelina Jolie, you have uh, Laura Croft, you have Christine, you have DeLorean, you have the A-Team thing. This is nostalgia for you. It's happy memories. It's pieces of your time, of your childhood, of your adolescence, all meshed together in a beautiful Twizzler-like mix, you know? It is your growth, you no, know? No, I get it, Gene. I and, get it. And I mean, it's, it's, it's all not fabric. useless it, it, it's, it's, to you, it, the it, critic that says, what are you going to do with that knowledge? It is a part of you. I know. And this movie just, I think, in a good way, twangs it a little. And just refreshes it, poofs up the hair like Artemis when she runs her, you know, <laughs> right. jokes about his hair, and then just fixes it a little bit. But the right, because that was really pissing sweet. me off. That whole floaty, like what yeah. are you, underwater hair? Let me fix it for you. Or static there, electricity. Now you look cool. Yeah, and I'm interested in you, so this is flirting, so that's fine. Yeah. So, I've always worried that there are still people like you and I who don't do anything with this information. Not so, much show, not so much show. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Not so much showcasing what they know, but they just keep consuming and not doing something with the content. I mean, at least we're putting stuff in the content in the context of what we know with whatever subject it is that we're talking about. So we're talking about it, and you're listening to it. So we're doing at least something productive in our lives. And yes, we both have kissed a girl at least once. <laughs> And had sex more than once. Well, thanks for... And I got changed back. No, I'm saying... <laughs> Sorry. I'd go for the cheap laugh. Uh, no. Uh, I don't know. I mean, look. If it's in your blood, it's in your blood. Yeah. If you're a dork, if you're a nerd, if you like pop culture, it infects you. It runs through your veins. It's on the shirts you wear. You know? It's, it's in everything that you do, it identifies you as someone that, you know what, life is cool, you know? Whether you have a Ghostbusters logo on your, you know, a pin on your bag, we're all wearing pop culture, you know? It, it's fun. Oh, I know. I, and I... this is an ode to pop culture. Um, and and I, I think it, it's a good film. Uh, narratively, a little strange, because once you read the book, you're like, mm, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be as good. No, it was different. No, it should be like the book. It wasn't like that at all. It was 
fine. The changes they made, I'm like, fine. Yeah, and uh, I think it goes back to the whole... You couldn't do the book. Right. Exactly. Because of one with the licensing with the task that he had to do at hand. Like, the Pac-Man versus Tempest. It's too heavy. Right. And the war games, you just could not recite and do all this stuff. So you had to consolidate, basically. And you had to put in the Stephen King, The Shining, which... Stanley Kubrick, The Shining. I'm sorry. What did I say? Stanley... (laughs) Steven Spielberg, The Shining. I'm like, what are you doing? I don't know what I said. But but the thing is that's interesting to me is that Steven... Spielberg loves The Shining and loves Stanley Kubrick, so I'm going to put this in the movie. I'm like, isn't this a radar movie that kids today aren't going to... Ah, fuck it. Let's just throw it in there. Yeah, basically. It's not for you, kids. It's for the the parents. Well, it's like back in the days, you know, Alien was rated R and they made an action figure. figure? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You should know what this is. And then they make a ride in Disney, the big, great movie ride. You are on, on, on the snowball. <laughs> you are with Sigourney Weaver. Something has gone horribly wrong. It's gone now. Oh, it's all but a memory, our memory, and now it's in yours. So, um, is this one of Spielberg's better movies as of late or as a whole? Uh, it is a film where he actually, it's not a historical documentary. That's good. Uh, it's not a, a huge block, but, but it could have been. That's the weird thing. It should have been All bigger. the potential of being amazing. Yeah. But you have Ty Sheraton in there who, I don't know who he is, and you're mostly CGI. I, yeah. I know you're like Scott Summers in the uh, X-Men movies, and that's good for you. Uh cast on this to think you know you've got the I'm sorry gosh what's her name African American comedian that, that's there she's fine Lena Waithe thank you Ben Mendelsohn are there and chewing up the scenery T.J. Miller which I'm sorry about that but it's fine it doesn't affect the uh, yeah this post. is before that you happened you never really see him yeah you know it's his voice and you're like that guy he sounds familiar to me I think he did something that's fine um, oh I see him again in Deadpool so again done let's before. see how that affects the written no, no, no. oh I don't, I don't think it it's would. gonna do bitch cakes Anyway, <laughs> I, so. I, don't know, I, I have no problems. It's not one of his best, though, I don't think. Hmm. I mean, Raiders of the Lost, you got a lot. You got Raiders of the Lost Dark, you got Jaws, you got Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Obviously, for me, you have Minority Report, which I love Minority Report. For reasons I can't explain, it's just beautiful. You, know, you got together with the, the leading edge scientists, and, what's the world going to look like in the future? And then you put it on the screen. Yeah. That was freaking amazing. This was kind of easier. You know, icons, this, this, and I'm going to do the post. You guys filmed that? In po- yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think necessarily... I'm not really involved. I fixed the script. I mean, you know. I, I don't think he necessarily phoned it in, but this is not that I would think about the days of Spielberg. You didn't use all your skills here, no. did you, Steve? You weren't really grossly involved, like in Jurassic Park, when you like you came in under under time and... You gave us something magical. Amazing. Which was the first movie. And it gave me, kid you not, nightmares that first night. I, but because you were I an had, adult. Yeah. And in and, and the house that I lived in, I had dreamt that there were raptors. The ones that oh, spread out God. their necks in the house. And I'm grabbing my dog. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm Those not going to get it. weren't raptors. I don't know what they are. Well, yeah, whatever. Yeah, the, the, the things that killed Dennis Nedry. Right. So those are the things that I'm like, holy shit. You can do this to me, a grown man. And I loved it. That was probably the, the last good thing that I felt like I've never seen this before. 
I've never seen dinosaurs done this way so effortlessly to the point where I couldn't tell what CGI was versus the actual practical effects and how you merge those two together. It was amazing. And Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> to a degree. I know, I'm not. When he makes a little growl noise, it was the weirdest thing, but it was funny as hell. But that's before Jeff Goldblum became his Jeff Goldbluminess. His strange iconicness. Yeah. Although I, I, I don't like iconic, that whole iconic open shirt over crap. Uh, strangeness, but whatever. Yeah. But in any case, I, I think it, it falls in with like AI. I really liked AI, except for AI is just a, b- a bigger, amazing stories thing for me. Yeah, but except for the kid being left in the woods, oh. uh, that hurt. Oh my god, that hurt a lot. That actress was like, I, "It was just a movie. I'm getting death threats. Why is this happening?" <laughs> and then the last, I think, twenty minutes with the space aliens coming. Oh, uh, the blue, the blue angel. Your yeah. mom will only be alive for twenty four hours, but yeah. you'll have time with. What the. F- what is this? Right. So I suffer with those two points. Everything else in that movie blew me away. Robin Williams? Oh, Robin Williams. He was in it? Yeah. He's just the voice of um, like Mr. Wizard, whatever it is. Oh, it's, it's been a while. It's, uh, no, it's been but a while of us. But that's the kind of thing, again, I have not seen that world before. And uh, I love... Uh, Melting robots, smiling at the kid, trying to comfort him, whether they're, they're being tortured. Yeah. Yeah, that's not disturbing at all. I'm fine with that. I've never felt so... Oh, my God. This is really techno-dark. The kid going to his mom's hair with the scissors. You're yeah. like, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Then eating and then melting his... Oh, just... Yeah, yeah. that's not... Mm. So, but here it's just like... Okay, I get why you like this. It's reeks of Spielbergness, but that's about it. Ooh, how Spielbergian, as they would say, the Animaniacs. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it doesn't have that that touch. That if I'm going to be looking at like E.T., which I think is the movie, the Spielberg the movie, movie for you, yeah. And and I was watching the documentary, the score, and they played that moment in which E.T. is getting on that ship. And I'm crying, seriously crying, because I forgot how beautiful that moment was. And, oh my fucking God, it's amazing how William Score and Spielberg's touch just made that movie be feeling like that was the movie for the summer. Now, this, not being a summer movie, tries to feel like, oh, summer's here. No, it's not. It's only April. It's fine. It doesn't matter. The movie was done months ago. Or, I know, or but... There was a schedule to keep. That's not the relevant thing. The, 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 the idea is it didn't quite capture you. No. I mean, the soundtrack was a rehash for most of... I mean, Alan Silvestri well, brought it back. the score, yes. Yeah, and the, that's just... That's crap. Uh, except um, for the bit on Godzilla, which I loved and appreciate that. So many up. Easter eggs in this yeah. movie. You don't uh, go back to this movie for the story. You, or the... Or the uh, or the, the romance, whatever. You go back for the Easter eggs. Yeah. Which is not why you should go back to a movie. But it's so... But that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I know. And it's fun. It, it, it's, it's legitimately a popcorn movie, I think. Um, and it is truly enjoyable. It's not bad. It's not great. It's not that memorable. And it, again, I think the book is better. But it is a good time. 
Yeah, I didn't feel like I was. That you you let never down. feel let down when you see this movie. Yeah, but you're not going to quote it. You're not going like, to. Or you know, or, buy a Ready for Player One T-shirt. No, I'd rather buy a Back to the Future T-shirt yeah. or a Breakfast Club T-shirt. Now, the one thing that I did like it's the promotional material they did ahead of time when they did all the different retro <laughs> yeah. posters, which are amazing. That's the kind of stuff that I'm like, I can get on board. That's the stuff I can get on board. I love when they do kind of that mashup stuff. The that, mimicking, the, right. the parodies of right. Parzival in the Back to the Future thing. Right. or the yeah. So that I can get into. But I think, again, going back to the book, you have a bigger sense about the Oasis that's a little bit more expansive. But you hit on the idea. This movie doesn't have an identity. Its identity is shadowed by the bigger icons that it, it, it mimics. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This movie is nothing without pop culture. You know, although it is a tale, and the tale is it, in, the, in the book, it's strong. It's a, it's a, it's a quest. Yeah, like a, a quest like to a, find the golden right. It's uh, a hero holiday Easter egg. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's great. It's laced with D and D, and the plot moves forward swimmingly in the book, and it's fun. The structure is different. You yeah. get the key. You fight the challenge, and then you move on. And then you know that's wonderful. In this. You find the key, here's another key, here's a third key, and then we open this at the end. Right. And in the book, Sorrento um, is a little bit more active as far as getting the keys, because at one point he's in the... At one point he has, um, I think at the second gate, gotten two keys, and it's on top of the leaderboard. So here he's a little bit more active as opposed to the minions that he has in the movie do all the dirty work. And... um, I thought the other thing, too, that was not major, but one of the characters, instead of the Fab Five, is killed off in a Dido. brutal way, yeah. uh, which I think that was kind of like shocking that they went that far to kill him, which they did kind of do or remade it in the, in the book, I'm sorry, in the movie, that... Um, it was the killing of his par- uh, the, his aunt and... But that happens in the book, too. No, no, I know, but... My it's... mom's sister... And right, it's the recorded uh, sim cast, whatever that was, right. that got him in trouble for killing Daiko. Yeah, but he, he gets, he, I, I think it's interesting, he, he infiltrates uh, IOI, and he gets, he, he realizes, oh shit, they have files on all of us. Right. And the first one he clicks is like, I think Artemis, because he's, he's worried about her. And then the, the Daito, the death thing. Right, and then he's his own thing. And then he's like, Let me copy this, because I got this um, bit drive thing, and then he exposes him and yeah, you're going to jail, Sorrento, you know, because you did all this weird stuff. But it's it's a much more, I think, masterful stroke in the in the book. Mm-hmm. But we just skip over in the movie, we're not gonna kill Daito. We don't have time to do that. Right. But in, in the uh I think in the book it's much more immersive and, and it it's got more suspense. Yeah. You really feel like, oh shit, they could all die. <laughs> yeah. They get taken out and you're like, Oh, that's that's bad. That's really bad. Yeah. And I think H is still, as described, hasn't been changed much as far as the storyline. Um, but they give a lot of, a lot of uh, Parzival's moments to Artemis to balance it out more. Right. Which I'm perfectly fine with. Yeah. Because it is not the, the, the self described story, one, one first person thing, and you got to spread it out. Right. Um, it, it came pretty close to being a damsel in distress storyline. But I'm sorry that, that that in the movie. Uh, I'm sorry, this is a spoiler if you haven't seen. He's like, "You'll forgive me. You gotta leave." She's like, "No, I don't want to leave." And she he kills her character. Yeah. I'm like, "Wow, that's that's not cool, man. That's not, 
You just shot your potential girlfriend. She's not going to forgive you. Yeah, but she understood. Just, just like she did to him. He'll understand. No, you're right. She, she broke his heart first, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. Um, the the whole love aspect, um, in which I didn't feel so much in the book that it was like a two sided thing, because she stalkery. It's stalkery. Yeah, because he's just like, oh, I wonder what she's thinking right now, holding that key, the first key. I'm like, mm. and then, oh, by the way, I'm we're going to have all these interchanges with emails and then we're going to start liking stuff. And like, it, he purposely just kind of made things a little more interesting to kind of lure her in because without his approach, she would just not have been bothered with him in the first place. But he found, he found the key first. I know. And then they had the, the honest interaction. Um, I know. I, I think the way they cover that movie is like, I don't buy these guys are in love. I don't. But I, I'll go with it because it's in the book, and it, it doesn't matter. In the movies, you got to have a male lead a protagonist, and a, a, his equal fall in love. So it was fine. Yeah, but you didn't necessarily. The one thing I did like is like you didn't have to have her be the damsel in distress. He got her out, so to speak, by saying, "Do this, do this. You're out. I don't have to rescue. You can do your own thing." So she did in the movie, which I liked. So that's the one thing. It's like she wasn't hapless. Or helpless at all. She was able to do her own thing. Um, the whole rebellion thing was kind of weird. It didn't work in the movie for me. It worked in the, in the novel better. Mm-hmm. Like the, the whole, I don't know if they're going to do... Because he, he's more inspiring in the, in the novel. Yeah. You got more, more narrative. I'm not sure if Ty Sheridan could make that speech. I'm like, you're a carbon copy of a carbon copy of a better actor that's not there right now. And yeah. you know he, he couldn't hold his own. Anyone else on the scene was... I'm paying attention to that other character because you're just fading the background. Yeah. And you're 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 computer generated anyway most of the time. But you're not I mean like what if what if Michael J. Fox was younger in, in this role? I'm like, oh, that's awesome. But not yeah, quite. if that happened. If you had a more magnetic, uh more charismatic, I think, celebrity, but maybe that's what what they weren't they weren't going for that. But it would have been I think would have tweaked a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the other major difference also is with Og. Og is the curator in the movie, or is it a book? He is in a couple bits in the beginning, and then at the end, he shows up to give their uh, a, a, a safe haven for them to log in, so to speak. In the book, yeah. The and book. I, I like that better. I like the way he presents himself. He's like a stealthy character, and you you know you notice the comic books fall over, and like, what the heck? We can't be watched here, can we? But then he shows up, and he, he presents him with, uh, I think, one of the better moments in the book like oh thank god we're not completely fucked up the ass something nice happens you know what i mean something out there in the ether is looking out for us and it gives them a safe place to be to fight their battles because the whole thing in the book where uh, actually the the movie where they're constantly running and the the main fight's going on sorrento's tracking them down you know like yeah i don't know that that was okay yeah and i thought well he he calls everyone to come to this planet, but he's not there yet. So not until he gets into Og's place, then he's like, oh, I'll fly over, and then here I am. Yeah, and there's that that that, that uh, this moments of of build up for that. Yeah, to to build the tension, which you don't have time for in a two hour and twenty minute movie. So just get it done. Right, hurry the fuck up. <laughs> um, there was something I was gonna bring up, and I'm just blanking out. Oh, one of my 
things that I, I, I talked to you about earlier, this earlier, but I'm bringing this up again. Reading this book, normally I don't get excited, but I smacked the book hard when I was reading about. Spanked it hard. I spanked the book hard. I spanked it like I haven't been spanked before. The moments in which there was a scene for Blade Runner. And he's looking for the void comp test. Yeah, that was good. It's like a, a weird Easter egg. Yeah. And he goes to the planet, and there's like hundreds of places, but it doesn't matter which one you go to. But he just goes there, he finds this thing. And I'm just like, I wonder if Harrison Ford's going to give me the test there. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, that's the kind of nerdiness. And we laughed then about a joke that we t- said earlier about having the columns turned upside down from right, the Blade Runner documentary right. that. Unless you've watched the Ultimate Collection disc and the four-hour documentary, whatever, you will never understand that reference anyway. But the use, the knowledge is not useless, Monty, because it made you bust a gut. Oh, it did. I mean, to the point... Surprisingly, you're yeah. like, do you know that shit? Yeah. Ah! Uh, I laughed, and then, of course, when I was reading the book, I slapped the book really hard. I'm like, I can't believe that was in the book, and I loved that. So it's like those kind of moments, like, I appreciate this, but... From a certain point of view. Yes, from a certain point of view. But like I said, from episode zero, the one that just recently refound. I don't know how it's So how would I use this knowledge for the betterment of all man? I don't know. But hopefully you're enjoying yourself, and that's all that matters. Because when I'm dead, and you're dead, this is all that's left. Audio recordings. They're floating out in the ether to space. And then Vigor will come down. <laughs> I'm looking for my... Where the fuck are these guys? Where are they? I need to talk to them. They're not here. <laughs> Just... Oh, you guys are fucked now. <laughs> Although I do love that movie, the first one. No, we're fucked now? What movie are you talking about? Uh, the, the motion picture, Star Trek. The motion picture. The director's cut, though. I like that little guy jumping... His chip flies by then doing the slow <laughs> tumble. I, I love that. And that's another amazing score by Jerry Goldsmith. Just seeing the Enterprise leave yeah, the hangar. Stealing for next generation. What? That's all right. You let that happen? It's okay. He yeah. saw for himself. But still, we get the almighty Klingon theme that we've never heard before. That was the movie. In any case, again, we're nerding out on stuff that you may not even fucking well, care. Th- again, this this the movie Ready Player One, the book Ready Player One, it opens old wounds. It is it is nostalgia pure, the purest bit of nostalgia you've had in a long time. So it's like cocaine, but uncut. Well, maybe cut and just you know, sucked into the nose through a hundred dollar bill off the the back of a woman. So it'll be like when we're through and saying, "God damn," and kill Bill. God oh, damn! Uh, yeah, like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh oh. I don't know what I was going into. Yes, he did. But no matter what, you have fun doing this movie. I think yeah. I'll buy this movie when it comes out on Blu-ray. I will watch it when I'm down. Just because it's just, it's fun. And it, it brings back all the fun things. Um, yeah. and I, All the taste, no caffeine or whatever, no calories, whatever you want. It's Fresh and clean and no caffeine. <laughs> and the laugh. <laughs> don't you feel good about 7-Up? One up because you know, gets the extra light. Well, it was lame. Wow. Yeah, I know. It, uh, they all can't be winners. Gene tries for humor and fails. Okay, anyway. And? <laughs> all it's right. It's a Tide commercial. We're doing a Tide commercial. 
And he's back, ladies and gentlemen. Gotta keep trying me. It's all about the timing. Yeah. So, and that's the other thing, too. It's not just, you know, sci fi shit, it's like pop culture, like happening right now. And that Thai commercial happening in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Even though it's not like, I don't care about the Super Bowl, except for the, the, the commercials. commercials. Right. You watch the YouTube videos <coughs> afterwards and the reviews of the YouTube commercials. Oh, the, the commercials. Which I'm, I was pissed that, you know, they do the commercials ahead of time. Like, no, I want to see this on the day of, just like, you know, the trailers. Which, unfortunately, I got to see the fucking last Avengers trailer. I had no way you of getting... You try to protect and insulate yourself, but you go to the movies. Yeah, but that trailer was not in the last movie that I saw this last time. So, fuck AMC for doing this. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry for being... Sorry for being current and trying to tempt you into the theater. Of our uh, it's seats. not as if I'm not going to see. Recline. It's I'm not going to see that fucker. I mean, they're not magic fingers like you know the beds in the seventies. No, because I didn't have any quarters. <laughs> but I had a pocket for the quarters, and I was headed to the arcade. Wow. Oh, remember that joke they did on SNL? It was like a documentary on kids. Yeah, one quarter, quarter at a time. time. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Chevy Chase like material. That no, was, it's not. Uh, if you understood, yeah. Good for you if you get that reference, but yeah, that was bad. Wow, that went dark really fast in SML. But in any case, uh, we're coming up to an hour. I think we're pretty good. Closing statements about the movie? Anything you have to say? Oh, we never talked about uh, could this be spun off to a second movie? No. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. Ready Player One. Oh God! The series. No, it's done. Hey. You already gave all your money away to to, to these people. Hey, Sorrento's already in jail. How the frick are you going to spin this again? Okay. He has. He, uh, Let, let's put it to it this way, and I'll, I'll talk I'll about. Read it. I'll and I'll. I'll, yeah. I'll talk about this in the other podcast, the sci-fi new stuff. Lord of the Rings is coming to Amazon as a TV series. No. But they're expanding. Break the Hobbit into three they're, No, they're not doing that. <laughs> but they're expanding that world, much like the Fantastic Beasts is expanding Harry Potter. Could you see this being a like shared universe where you have something else going on concurrently? Yeah, I could. I could. I could. I could imagine a world where I don't know. A murder mystery happens, and some hard-drinking Jessica Jones character goes into the Oasis and tries to find the clues or whatever. But that's a completely different spin. And this universe doesn't belong to all of us. It belongs in the head of Ernest Cline. But you could do that. The idea is expand the universe and and take us through that. It's not that difficult, and that would be creative to do something like that. Right. To explore the Oasis even more. But the the parts of all, wait, what... Storyline is closed. Yeah, it's he was a- happily ever after, and yeah, I'm sorry. You closed the Oasis on Tuesdays and Thursdays. No, that doesn't quite work for me. You made uh, holiday some weird eclectic, uh, autistic, maybe like millionaire genius guy that can't talk straight. Fine, I'm, these are my criticisms a bit. A bit. Mm-hmm. Just let people have a good time and. But yeah, you could do it. You could do it. But again, you this storyline, current storyline is closed. You can still open the Oasis universe, I believe. Okay. But don't read Amada. Don't. It's terrible. <laughs> I read it. I didn't like it. Yeah. It's 
Last Starfighter. Sorry. Okay. Spoilers. But, yeah. Last but I, I think you can, like with any um, genre series, pretty much like Breaking Bad, you can do a spinoff series with... Did you know, song. like, there's a I don't know what his name is. There's a Hispanic Breaking Bad. Yes, <laughs> I told you about that. You watched and I watched like, it. It's oh my god! Shot for shot, except it's all in Spanish, and it's not good. No, it's it? not. It's okay, but it's you I, want to torture me. Make me watch that without alcohol. Yeah. No, Gene. There's no alcohol. Can I smoke cigarettes? No. <laughs> oh, you hate me. Why do you hate me so much? It's not fresh, nor clean, nor caffeine. It's the uncorked. Crisp, clean, no caffeine. No, no crisp, no clean. Soggy potato chips sitting Soggy. in a pool of uh, coleslaw. Okay. Cookies. I don't know. Right, we're, we're getting punchy. Okay. <laughs> um, your final thoughts? On Ready Player One. Anything. Yeah. Anything. Uh, be nice to each other. Uh, help each other out. Make the world a better place. Donald Trump is president. That's kind of scary. Protest if and when you can. Do it effectively. Be nonviolent. Um, oh, sorry. That, ready to play one. <laughs> sorry. Just, uh, Same thing. But honestly, I, I think in, in fairness, with everything that's been going on, the Oasis is definitely something that could happen. Oh, yes. Oh, go to the Oasis. Easily. Tremendously easily for us to escape. Just like we do to the movies. But to do uh, a full lifestyle in the Oasis... It's not that far off from the point. We're getting there at some point, but the the idea though is honestly the make the world a better place if you can. Don't give up. You're listening to this podcast, and yeah, and for we're God's sake, same things for you. Email us. Monty will still make origami for you. Whatever you want, a golden snitch, uh, a suit out of a dollar bill, uh, a dress, a dress. Yeah, I can do dresses. Not like a big dress. I made the comic book utility. You gave me that beautiful origami yeah. thing that was there, but the air conditioning turned on. That made out of like sixteen different colors. Oh, the hexagon or hexa whatever doesn't crash this out. Yeah, yeah, it was like, like a ball with so much work. This is a Mechas cube, like this is a Mechas cube, but you know, yeah, not, we can't say Rubik's for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. So what does it do again? Turn back time for one minute. And you just thought about that now? Whatever. People have died holding bars of soap. No, I'm sorry. This is so too dark. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Getting really punchy. All right. So, as always, thank you very much, Gene, for being on the podcast. On our pleasure. I hope you're all with us and conscious. Or at least one of us would be, because I'm not right now. It's been a long... Uh, Long day. Long and running road. Long and... Uh, yeah, well, I got to see the damn movie earlier today, and I finished up the last 162 I will give pages. You, I will give you points. You're like, um, on one page, like, what? Only 164 pages to go. I'm like, oh, you're never going to finish this. But you and the thing is, I didn't read any yesterday. So it was all today. And I never read books that fast. So that's good. I'm hoping to do more, uh, not speed reading, but a lot more reading in general. So I felt good to have my imagination. At least... Come with me, and you'll see hmm. a world of pure imagination. Well, I did that terribly. Yeah, good. Go. Don't, do that. don't do that song. Sorry. It brings up pain. 
like an appendix scar kind of pain or kind of like oh my god i got stabbed and you're poking me with the damn knife again wait here yeah and, here? and here <laughs> you got the here it's the reason why the knife is still in there Don't oh is that what this is <laughs> wait i'll put it back <laughs> okay so it's a story for another time so on that note you can always email me or in care of Gene. Email us at... Thank you, ABC Junkie. Yeah, whoever you may be. Uh, email us at monstersci-fi-show at gmail.com. You can follow me on the various social networks. And, uh, yeah. I'm closing. I'm getting there. So, on that note, thank you for... Someone has to pee. Go ahead. Keep going. Who, you? No, not me. Just someone out there, I'm sure. They can pause this shit. They don't have to (laughs) wait. (laughs) It's not like live TV that they're streaming this right now. So on that note, stop doing the finger thing. (laughs) No, not a finger thing like that. (laughs) Not that finger. Thank you. Thank you for listening to us and to the Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. Good night. Thank you. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Public store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.